From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. When Brace Hagelson and Ryan Plotsky each started out as real estate agents in Eden Prairie, their perspectives on the city were influenced by where they grew up. Hagelson, 59, got to Eden Prairie in 1985, a couple decades before the 37-year-old Plotsky. Hagelson grew up in St. Cloud, which reminded him of Eden Prairie at the time. In that sense, he felt right at home, as the southwestern metro suburb had only 10,000 residents or so. The city is a lot larger now, with a population of 63,456, and was already well into growth mode when Plotsky got to town in the early 2000s. He grew up in a Michigan village, which had a population of about 1,600 when Plotsky was a kid. For him, Eden Prairie was the largest city he'd ever been in. Today, the two men are partners in Hagelson Plotsky Real Estate Group, which is affiliated with Caldwell Banker Realty in Minnesota and Wisconsin. In 2019, they were the brokerage's top-selling team in Minnesota for the fifth consecutive year. They closed $208.3 million in sales involving more than 490 homes. In late March, reporter Matt Johnson sat down with Helgeson and Plotsky to learn about how they got into the business and what their predictions are for the residential real estate market during and after the COVID-19 pandemic. Brace and Ryan, thank you for sitting down today with me and Finance and Commerce. Uh, first, thank you. Yeah. First question. Yes, thank you. Yeah, this is Brace and this is Ryan. All right. First question I had for the two of you is, you know, how did you two wind up in this line of work and, and how did you wind up forming or being on this team together? Okay, this is Brace uh, speaking. Um, I guess I'll go first since I'm the, uh, I, I am the older gentleman in the, in the duo um, by quite a few years. Uh, so this is my 37th year in the business I uh, I started right out of college at the, from the University of Minnesota and uh, formed uh, my own little company and um, and then uh, uh, about 15 years later sold that company to Caldwell Banker and then um, uh, started building a little bit uh, a, a small team and. Um, because I, I wanted to get out of the, the, the management business, um, and uh, and then uh, Ryan uh, joined my team um, in uh, what would be two thousand and four. And then Ryan worked uh, with me on my team as an as a team member, and um, our understanding was uh, that you know in time he would become a partner and uh, and then he became a partner uh five years ago 
I believe. Yeah, let's run around there. Yep. Yep. So that would be 2015. He became partner, and uh, that's when it became. Uh, it was just Helgeson, uh, you know, the Brace Helgeson group, and now, as of 2015, it became the Helgeson Platsky uh, team or Helgeson Platsky group. And, um, yeah. So, is there more you want me to say on, on that piece? Uh, I'd like to hear a little bit from uh, Ryan about, uh, you know, kind of how he got started in, in, in real estate as well. Hey, this is Ryan. So, for me, I, uh, yeah, I got my, my neighbor across the street sold real estate when I was when I was young, growing up in a small town, and he uh, he uh, owned a real estate slash insurance brokerage in town, and I just kind of took a liking to what he did. Um, you know, you know, I talked to him every day or whatever, and as things started to progress with my uh, graduating, I had to go to college for something, so I had, I ended up going to school at Ferris State University. They had a program for real estate sales and marketing techniques. Uh, so I, I, I jumped on board, went down to Ferris, uh, ended up with a bachelor's degree in real estate sales and marketing, uh, moved to Minnesota. I had a uncle who lived in Forest Lake that told me I could uh, come live with him until I get my feet on the ground and get started. So I did that. That's what brought me to Minnesota. I interviewed all over the place, cho- chose Coldwell Banker Burnett at the time, which was in Eden Prairie, worked under a manager. Uh, his name was Roland Smargard. And uh, did that for a few years. Brace was in the same office. Um, and, you know, he was always one of the top agents in the office. And, of course, my goal being 21, 22, 23 years old, as I continued through, was going to kick his butt. And, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to move up that board. And, and uh, you know, as, as the years went by, um, I got closer, closer, and closer, and finally, one of the assistants within the office that worked under Roland just said to me, "You know, hey, you should really um, think about you know talking to Brace and 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 joining his team, and you know, I think you guys would you know be able to really hit it out of the park in the industry." So we went down that avenue. We joined forces. I worked for him for a while, uh, and then became you know, a partner with them. And I guess it's 2015. It sounds about right to me. And then, uh, you know, we've just, you know, through the years, you know, built this team to where it's at today. And uh, we've been, you know, fortunate and lucky enough to be successful to kind of manage through these, these waters and these trying times that we've been through. And uh, yeah, we figured out a way to keep selling and uh, things are good. Now, the two of you have uh, concentrated on the Southwest Metro. Um, what What is it about that sub-market that, that translates into kind of a high sales volume area, particularly versus the, the central cities where, you know, prices can be extremely high on, on single-family homes? Well, it, I, I think it kind of, the genesis of that uh, just goes back to where I started my career, which was out in Eden Prairie. Um, uh, I started actually at Edina Realty. was only there for a year and landed in Eden Prairie because it was such a, it was a, so, uh, it was a, a growing community and it had so much potential. And uh, at the time I was only 23 
and there was uh, a lot of young families, uh, you know, building homes, and uh, and 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 that that market was made up of younger people. Um, so, I, I really, that that's that's uh, that's where I chose to to start, and then Ryan joined. Uh, you know, he started his his career in the same office so you know those are the reasons uh, and then we've just built it from there the western suburbs inherently um you know are are the most expensive uh, suburbs uh the, the real estate values are the highest out here in the western suburbs and so we have benefited from that and um essentially um I, I kind of grew up with the the new Eden Prairie, if you will, um, since nineteen. Uh, I think I started in nineteen. What was it? Nineteen eighty-five, and and in nineteen eighty-five, there was not much out in Eden Prairie. And now you can hardly build a house out here. It's uh, the only way you can build a house is if it's uh, you know a million dollars or more. Uh, unless it's a townhouse, and does that uh, that drives dem- drives demand that scarcity out there? I'm sorry, say that again. And that drives uh, demand the scarcity of of lots in uh, the western suburbs. Yeah, I mean it. It does, um, and it's uh, it's just a, uh, it's a great neighbor or a great uh, community. Um, to raise a family, uh, but we we service not just Eden Prairie. We service Chanhassen, Eden Prairie, Minnetonka, uh, Chaska, uh, Wyzetta, Plymouth, Victoria. Um, so all of the western suburbs um, are, are really our focus now. It's it's not we're not just pigeonholed in Eden Prairie. The next question, I oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, this is this is Ryan talking. I didn't know if you want me to address how I ended up at Eden Prairie or not. Um, we can move on if you want. Otherwise, I can tell you that story too. I, I'd actually like you to answer the next quiet, uh, question here, uh, Ryan. So I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna pitch it to you, and then Brace uh, uh, jump in if you if you have something to add on this one. Sure. Um, so we have sort of record low inventory in the Twin Cities right now. Um, and we were starting out uh, with a year that was probably going to uh, really ramp up in terms of, of home sales. And now we have had the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm curious as to what your expectations for the market were this year before the pandemic and how they might have changed a little bit since then. Oh, yeah, for, absolutely. So. You know, as far as my expectations for what this this is Ryan talking. As far as my expectations, what this year was going to look like before the pandemic, I I was I I was hopeful, optimistic that we were going to have a heck of a year with interest rates being as low as they were uh, and currently are. I know they went up yesterday, uh, but they're still extremely low in comparison. And you know, the amount of buyers that are flooding our marketplace, I was really, really, really. Uh, hopeful to see a very strong year for real estate. Um, and, 
you know, to be honest with you, I mean, that's still going on as we sit today. We just don't have the inventory that we typically would have for this time of the year because sellers are, you know, a little reluctant to put their homes on their market um, and have people come through their homes. Uh, That doesn't mean, though, that there's not a lot of buyers out there because now we're seeing a little buildup of buyers. So, you know, on one hand, you've got you've got buyers that are in the marketplace right now wanting to buy. You've got sellers that want to sell, but they don't want to put their homes on the market. So what I think is happening is as we continue through this year, I think we just end up uh, running into our spring market, but it's going to be another, you know, six, eight weeks down the road. And then we should have a, a flood of properties. I think the year ultimately ends up a good year. It's just everything's going to be moved back a month and a half to two months. And uh, this is Brace. Uh, I'll just add to that that we, we've developed a, a buyer system, a, 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 a way that we create buyer activity um, that has actually with this COVID-19 forcing everybody home, we've actually seen a spike up for buyer demand and buyer inquiries because they're sitting at home now, Matt, and they're online and they don't have much else to do. And now they're seeing, they're, they're, they're taking time to look at what is online. And so we're actually sitting with a stockpile of buyers And as Ryan alluded to, we are in need of more sellers. So as long as I've been in the business, it's always, it's rarely a balanced market. It it typically ends up tipping either to a buyer's market or to a seller's market. And right now we're in an intense seller's market. Um, It's intense buyer's market as well, but it, it favors the seller. Uh, because of this uh, this stockpile of buyers that are out there, and uh, interest rates are uh, more, you know, mortgage thirty-year mortgages are are hovering right around three percent, which is as low as we've ever is low as we've ever seen it. A follow-on question to that: uh, speaking about the the balance between buyers and and sellers. You know, how how does the Twin Cities at this point grow its home inventory so that that, uh, that big supply of buyers that you do have um, can start to get some relief and, and, and find the homes that they want? So what we're seeing is um, if you were a if you're a builder right now, it's it's an absolute boom time. Because that's the alternative, okay? So we're seeing a ton of people seek out new construction. And for the sellers that do come online, they're finding that their homes are worth a fair amount more than what they had anticipated. Uh, So as the word starts to spread that sellers... Uh, valuations are up quite a bit and it does depend on which price range you're in Um, but our average sale price out here is around 550,000 as a team okay as a team 
And if you're at, in that price point, um, the, the sellers are finding out that, um, uh, selling a house right now is very advantageous. So, uh, beyond, you know, the builders, uh, just, you know, building a lot of homes and the sellers starting to understand that they can get a fair amount for their house. Um, those are the two areas that, and, and, and thereby, you know, putting their homes on the market uh, to take advantage of of uh, this um, this seller's market. Um, I don't have any more of an answer, Ryan might, of how you how you create more sellers into the inventory of our marketplace. Matt, this is Ryan. I mean. You know what we're doing and what we're going to try to kind of solve that equation. I mean, that's the that's the magic question, right? I mean, if I knew how to do that, we would be we'd be all dialed in. Um, but I mean, what we're what, what what we're doing is so I've met with my team just in the last forty eight hours. We've compiled a list of immediate, urgent buyer needs, and uh, we're going to just start doing some advertising, and we're going to do that through our social media arm. Um, we're going to do that. We, I've, I've got some telemarketers. I call them ISAs that are going to start making some phone calls. But we're going to start reaching out to to sellers, you know, through through whatever way possible, and letting them know that we've got these immediate, urgent buyer needs. And these these aren't just leads. These are these are real vetted buyers that are looking for something today. And we're going to start reaching out to them and seeing if it's a match. And if it is, we'll probably put that transaction together. Thank you. That's a, that's a good explanation. Now, I wanted to turn to a question or two that uh, takes us away from the work arena and, and tells our readers and listeners a little bit more about the two of you. Um, first of all, each of you tell me a little bit about what you like to do when, when you're not actually at work. Well, we're both golfers. Uh, we're both family men. So we spend a fair amount of time with our, our families. Um, golf is a nice segue uh, to our business as well. Um, I grew up a tennis player, played tennis at the University of Minnesota, um, and uh, and then live on a lake, a little lake in uh, Minnetonka, Chanhassen area. So we spent some time on the lake in the in the uh, summers, and just got back from skiing out in uh, Salt Lake City, or not Salt Lake City, but uh, Park City. Uh, so I love skiing. Um, as I, I think Ryan was just out there too, weren't you? I was. Yeah. So uh, I think that kind of covers uh, my, you know, and, and real estate just kind of ends up being part of your life uh wherever you go and um it's it's kind of a career for lifetime uh if you enjoy it which i do and um so i don't ever see myself retiring uh because i i I just love what uh i just love the uh, dynamics of of the industry and uh the dynamics of working with people um because i'm i'm naturally a a people person Matt, this is Ryan. And of course, Brace would not see himself retiring. And it's the same reason he's a better golfer than me is because he's just got more time and he's got me. So, 
Um, Good answer. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, I'm, I'm a golfer as well. I'm a member at Olympic Hills. I love that course. I live on it. It is fantastic. I love anything that's outdoors. Um, I work, uh, I go to Lifetime. I go to the gym. I love to hunt. I love to fish. Uh, love to bike. I do all that stuff. Take my kids out. I've got three kids, a beautiful wife. Um, yeah, a snowmobile. I've got a four-wheeler. I'm just an outdoorsy person, I guess, if you would. And that's kind of like where I like to spend my time away from uh, away from the office when it happens. That's what I like to do. One last thing. We, we've talked a lot about where you are and where, where you're going. Um, just wanted each of you to tell me just maybe one thing um, about your hometowns, where you grew up that you've sort of carried with you through life, some influence that your hometowns had on you, and, and be sure to identify your hometowns, of course. Um, say just in a, a, a little um, a, additional comment to the, uh, you know, what we do outside of our work. Um, I, I have six kids, and and I and I'm a member at Bear Path. I like to give Bear Path a plug because uh, it's a real family oriented uh, 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 country club, and um, I spend a fair amount of my my summers out there. Um, as far as uh, where I came from, St. Cloud. So when I was growing up, St. Cloud, Minnesota, believe it or not, was voted the All American city, and it was about. 18 or 19,000 strong and it was um, it was a perfect blend of being small town but big enough to offer all of the benefits of a larger town and uh, so I guess just having that small town um, uh, that that small town mentality and um and community sense uh, is something that has stayed with me. And uh, Eden Prairie, uh, when I very first started selling down here, felt a lot like St. Cloud because it was, I mean, it was only like, I don't know, 10,000, maybe 15,000. And now it's exploded. Uh, so there was a, a lot of uh, similarities. Uh, and I think that's partly why I drew to the uh, the western suburbs, um, I I don't know if that answers your question, Matt. It does. And, and Matt, for me, this is Ryan speaking. I am from, and everybody's going to have to get out their get out their map. I am from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, a very small town called Ontonagon, which is right on the northern side of the Upper Peninsula, right on Lake Superior. I, uh, if you were to look that town up today, there's probably only, you know, 16 or 1700 people in it. Um, I graduated, you know, at the time when I graduated, I had, a, I had one of the bigger classes within the, the, the decade and I graduated with 47 people. I, uh, we don't have a stoplight. We don't have a fast food restaurant. We don't have anything like that. We've got a couple of gas stations. Uh, a bunch of churches and a few bars is basically what is in my town. The closest McDonald's, Burger King, or anything like that was an hour away. It would have been Houghton, Michigan, which is where Michigan Tech is, that college, the Huskies. And, um, yeah, 
I just grew up a small town person. Um, you know, every, up there, your work ethic, your word, a handshake and a smile is everything. And um, I've just, you know, had that installed in me since day one and graduated high school, went to college at Ferris State, from Ferris State, ended up here in the in Prairie, in the Twin Cities, which Bryce had mentioned, by the way, it's, you know, to him, it was a similar size as St. Cloud. To me, it was a metropolitan. It was, it's huge. It's the biggest city I've ever been in. Uh, so it was lots of people and lots of big businesses and lots of opportunity. And uh, I'm still here today. Well, Brace Helgeson and Ryan Plasky, thank you very much again uh, for sitting down with me today and uh, telling our listeners and readers a little bit more about yourselves and what you do. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.